0: Good evening and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, brought to you by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takesta, and tonight we're going to do a bit of a roundtable type of discussion as we talk about some of the newer treatments that are available for people with different types of eye diseases in the recent months. There have been more and more publications that are informing us that scientists are making breakthroughs, which are very, very exciting for many people with different types of eye diseases. One of them was just released, and it talked about the benefits of stem cells. Now, a stem cell is a cell that can be manipulated or treated to become another type of cell. So you could convert a stem cell into a retina cell. You could convert it into a heart cell or even a brain cell. And this past March, New England Journal had reported that at Moorfields Eye Hospital in England, they actually use stem cells to attempt to develop the retinal pigment epithelial tissue. Now, this is a very important tissue that is in the retina. And what the retinal pigment epithelium does is it takes away the metabolic waste and it allows the nutrients from the blood to come in to nourish the eye. While there are many people who have macular degeneration, and the retinal pigment epithelial tissue it becomes damaged. And as it does become damaged, many times there's hemorrhaging of blood and the different types of metabolic debris cannot be taken away from the eye and nutrients cannot be brought into the eye. So what they did is that they actually used stem cells and with these stem cells, they found that they were able to produce the tissue of the retinal pigment epithelium. And they wanted to then measure whether the development of this new retinal pigment epithelium had any benefits on vision. When they measured the vision, there was one person whose vision improved five lines of acuity on the eye chart. Now, that is a significant amount. And another person's vision improved six lines. So, this is enough such a person whose vision might be legally blind at 2200, their vision would improve to the order of 2050, which would give them enough vision to be able to read and to recognize faces. And in many states here in the United States, you would be able to take the driver's test. They also measured the reading rate of these people and These people were only able to read at a rate of one word per minute. Their eyes were so poor that they could only identify one word in one minute. But after the treatment, they were reading, one person was reading at a rate of 50 words per minute, and the other person improved to 80 words per minute. So this is very, very encouraging, and it's going to tell us that there will be more clinical trials to see how we could use stem cells to replace the damaged tissues that you may have within your eye. Now, another really exciting thing that's going on is with gene therapy, and genes are the DNA that's in our cells. And what the DNA does is it directs the formation of proteins that the cells need. Now, for many people who have abnormal DNA, it can affect different parts of the eye. There are many children who are born with albinism, and they don't have color to their eyes, hair, or skin. There's other children who have retinitis pigmentosa and the rod and the cone cells of the retina, they die. And we find that there's many other types of diseases that are caused by genetic mutations. Well, one of the things that has really become very, very exciting is that there are ways that we can measure and analyze the DNA. They could take a swab of your saliva from your inner cheek, send it to the laboratory, and they will give you the data as far as what DNA do you have and which are abnormal. Now, for many vision conditions such as retinitis pigmentosa and Lebers, they are looking at a gene called the RPE65 gene. And they have found that many people with these diseases have an abnormal RPE65 gene. What well, the scientists have learned how to take the normal RPE65 gene, they could have it injected into adenovirus, and the adenovirus will replicate that particular DNA, which would then result in the formation of the proteins that we want. And it is very, very exciting because these studies have shown success where children and adults with retinitis pigmentosa and Lebers, that their vision has improved. So Sparks Therapeutic is the name of the company that is doing a lot of that work. And this is something that any of you who may have retinitis pigmentosa or Lebers, you may want to look into this. But what it also means is that there's going to be future tests where they're going to identify other genes that are causing other visual problems and they could use the same procedure. Now, when we also think about some of the more biotechnical types of advances, we also have some developments that are very exciting and they come from a company called Second Sight. Now, L. Mann is a gentleman who started Second Sight and that have produced many really, really exciting types of medical advances. One of them was the cochlear implant that allows the deaf to hear. Another was the pacemaker. And the more recent are for those people who are blind due to retinitis pigmentosa. So the first one that they did is called the Argus II And this is where a person would basically have a pair of high-definition glasses with a camera in it, and they then surgically implant an electrical chip in the eye, and the camera sends these signals, and the chip receives it, and it then sends signals back to the brain, and the brain is then able to see images. Now, it's not normal vision. But we do have a person here on the call, and I would like to introduce Al. Are you there?
1: Yes. Uh,
0: hi. Your, hi. Your name is Al, correct?
1: My, my name is Alan Peterson, yes. Uh-huh.
0: Hi, Alan. How are you? Thank you for being on the show.
1: No problem. Thank you, Dr. Bill.
0: So, first of all, tell us, before you actually had this procedure, what level of vision did you have?
1: I had no sight. Uh, You were completely blind? I have a very minimal light perception um, prior to having the Argus II implant, or the Argus, the the array that goes along with uh, the chip that's put in the retina. And that was done on January 29th at the University of Minnesota.
0: Was that January 29th of 2018, just just a few months ago? Yes, it was. Now uh, now how did you first hear about this? Did you read articles or did you attend a lecture or did your ophthalmologist ask you to be part of this?
1: Yes. Um I I did know about it, but um my uh ophthalmologist he had attended a um a conference in Chicago where there were people in attendance who have had had the Argus two ability to um, travel independently. When there's a change in the contrast in the what the camera is picking up, if there, you know, if it's a black object on a white background, that will give me a flash of light, and um, I can follow. The camera only has a 15 degree angle, of so 15 degrees of of, of uh, vision, so to speak. So you have to move your head to to, to determine. What that object might be uh so i can if i have a a glass in front of me or a plate, I can follow the perimeter and uh determine what what the object is i I'm not very good at it yet, but um it, it's very good at picking up people uh, 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 uh in the environment so but yeah. i i know i know that I need to To work with it, It, uh, I have I have objects, you know, that uh, you know, and figures like circles and half circles, and um, so I can put them on a board and 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 practice with with this equipment.
0: Alan, does it give you that much resolution that you could determine and see the difference between a circle and a half circle?
1: Well, I'd have to follow the perimeter. I have to follow follow the perimeter. I have to move my head so I can I can uh, you know, determine what it is.
0: Now can you explain to us you know, that's really exciting to be able to see people. Like for me, I'm totally blind and walking you know, it really is difficult even if you have a cane when there's a lot of people, but Tell me exactly what is it that you see when there's a person. How do you know it's a person and that's not just the pole?
1: Well, that's, that 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 is, uh, I guess uh, that's still, that's still a challenge. Uh, you know, it, it, you what you see is a change in contrast. So um, if if it's a person. Um, You'll see a flash of light, and uh, then uh, what I do is I, I try to follow the, the outline of the uh, of that image, so that it will give me. It can give me um, an outline of that, you know, so that I know it as a person. But I'm not. I'm not really uh, that good at it yet that I can. I can do it every time, uh, but uh, I have, I'm I'm hoping that after I work with it, that I will be able to do to uh, get more definition of what I'm, what what those pulses of light are are, are giving me. But uh, but it is uh, it works with uh, changes in the contrast. I mean, whatever contrast that there is in the visual field. And if you, you, there is a dramatic, and that probably not some dramatic change in the contrast. It'll flash, and then then you have to work with it uh, <clears throat> to see what see what your what the camera is picking up for you.
0: Now, when it flashes, do you see a different color? If it's something different, in other words, yeah. if it's. Uh... A certain color? Does it flash a certain color, or if it's closer, does it give you a different sense of color of the flash?
1: It's a brighter flash if it's closer. Okay. Yeah. Um, But and there's really no color. It's mostly white. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will see a bluish tinge or an orange tinge to that flash, but it's mostly white. But it's um. Yeah, and um you know, having no vision and ha- having this ability, I'm hoping that w- with with work and time, I'll, I'll be able to to you know, it'll be a better tool as time goes on.
0: Yeah. Now, who is it that provides you this training, or is this just something you have to try to go through, or is there a therapist who comes to your home or do you go to their office and you actually practice doing things with it?
1: Well, it's mostly on my own, but uh, the people from Second Sight have come here. They've done a baseline uh, study with me before before I went to um, for surgery and, and got this equipment. They did a baseline study to see what how how well I was functioning and now they'll be coming back I guess after I've had this equipment for a while but,
0: uh, now, how, how was it after you had the surgery where they implant that chip in your eye, uh, was it a, a very long recovery or was it very...
1: It was done on January ninth, and then they they um, you know it was pretty bad it was pretty um, pretty rad to begin with uh, so I uh, had uh, drops to put in my eyes, uh, prednisone and floxosone or something to uh, antibacterial and, and uh, anti-inflammatory drops, and that was did that did that on for uh, about six weeks, and, and the eye is completely healed at this point. Uh, but I got the I got the glasses on, and the equipment done March seventh. So I've been working with it since then. Um, oh,
0: also, oh, when you just receive the implant, they don't give you the the glasses or the camera until uh, a month or two later.
1: No, no, no. I got it after after I healed up. Right? They don't they don't give it to you right away. no. know. Uh, so I, you know, we live in Fargo, North Dakota. So um, where it was done was University of Minnesota. So. That's about a four hour drive for us to get to oh. down to you University of Minnesota, but yeah, I got the, the glasses on you've been working oh. with it and and uh people from Second side have been here once uh to to offer me training in in my home my home environment so
0: wow now now was there a, a cost to you? Did you have to pay thousands of dollars for this?
1: Well, it is thousands of dollars but uh um it it did not cost me anything i guess it's it's covered under medicare and there's th- thus far we haven't we haven't gotten any bill so
0: uh, wow, that's great so anybody who's on the call that has medicare with r p they they may be a candidate to receive this
1: that's true. Um, they, you need to check to make sure before you uh, go through with this <clears> that, <throat> mm-hmm. that, that it is covered. I understand that there there are some areas of the country where it is not covered.
0: Oh, okay. Now, now so far, Alan, what do you feel about it? Are you happy that you went through this and has this improved your quality of life?
1: Well, yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm glad that I had it done, and I, I'm, I guess I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, with time.
0: Like would you rather try having the chip put in your brain versus your eye? Do they give you that option?
1: Well they didn't no, they didn't talk about that. Um but I, I know that there's been one person that has had it done and I think there's another one that has had it done as well. But
0: Yeah, to um, my understanding now there are two people who have now had it done. I do not know if the first person has received uh his glasses yet. So I don't I don't know what he is seeing or how he is seeing. But the chip being implanted on the brain has been very successful. So is that a possibility for you? Let's just say hypothetically that this chip that is placed on the brain uh works even better Would that be something that you would be able to do, still have the chip removed from the eye and put on the brain, or would they just add another chip right on the brain?
1: Well, I guess uh, I don't know the answer, really, but I'm guessing that uh, the possibility of of, uh, having the chip put on my brain, that, that would be a possibility, because it's... You know, it depends on the, the visual processing unit and the camera uh, to stimulate the, the chip in my retina. I'm guessing that if the other system were were implanted, that would be the one that would be used.
0: You know, Ellen w- tell me, what it, what's it like when you just walk around town in in North Dakota? Because people probably have never seen these types of glasses on on. People before and what do they think you're doing? Taking a movie of them? <laughs> like they think it's a video camera? <laughs> what do they say?
1: Well, <laughs> I think I think they pretty much know because I I use my cane as well. So they, you know, they, uh, um, you know, I of course am asked about it, uh, and I, you know, I tell them that, uh, you know, it, it's a, a system that that helps me. Um, see, uh, but it's not the end all to everything, but it's, it's helping me see images. But uh, I'm still blind.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you must get a lot of attention, though. Everybody wants to ask you probably questions. Oh, about
1: absolutely. It. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>
0: and the kids, what do they think? They think you're one of the X Men or something, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's uh, um, I guess it's referred to as the bionic eye. So, I'm yeah.
0: <laughs> you remember and, uh, the six million dollar man with Steve Austin?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> hey, well, Ellen, this is really great information. But uh, just to summarize, and I'm going to then open it up to questions. But what would you what would your advice be to other people who have Retinitis pigmentosa and are blind, what's your overall recommendation about this?
1: Well, I I, I would, you know, encourage them to look into it. And, uh, you know, I, I know that there are people that have looked into it and have decided not to do it. Um, um, but I, I, I did look into it. I did investigate it um, uh, quite a bit before I, I decided to go ahead. I did talk to other patients that have had it done, and you know they they told me yep. you know what the limitations were. So, and you know my ophthalmologist uh, he was so encouraging. Uh, I guess he was. I would have to say he was the driving force uh, that uh, was the determining factor that, that that ultimately led to my going ahead with it. Happy, I'm happy with it, um, and I'm I'm encouraged because it seems that as I use it, it's getting better. It's getting better as I use it more. So.
0: Wow, that's great. That's great. By the way, that runs on battery. How long can you use it before you have to charge it again?
1: Uh, the batteries last about three four hours. Uh, uh, so you and it, the batteries are rechargeable.
0: Thought with uh, this is that in the future, they're going to develop a chip that has more electrodes. I believe that the Argus 60 chip has 60 or 66 electrodes.
1: 60. And I see, feel Argus 2. Argus 2 has 60. Uh huh. They're in the ray. And I can see those, those electrodes light up when I turn on the system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite a light show. <laughs>
0: you, you really, when you turn on, you could see all sixty lights going on at different times. Yes. Oh my gosh! Wow. So I think there's uh, going to be a time that they have a chip that has even more electrodes, which would give sure. more resolution for reading.
1: That's what right. I think. Sure.
0: You know. Well, Alan, this is really great. And uh, are you mm-hmm. open to taking some questions from our audience? Absolutely. Now this is a tough audience, so <laughs> Okay. If you have any questions for Alan, go ahead and unmute your phone by pressing uh star one.
1: Doctor Bill it's Leslie.
0: Go right ahead, Leslie. Hey Alan. Hi. Leslie. Um you know I have RP, so this is very do exciting. Know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so, do you have like a battery pack on the side of your hip or do you have when you have it on and and um
1: it's uh the the computer, it's a little computer. It looks like a, um a little battery uh like the old handy cassette recorders, uh, huh. about that size and the, okay. the battery the battery's is right in the unit. It it slides right into the unit.
0: Cool. Uh, Very and you
1: re- cool. Yeah, you, know, you re- recharge the batteries, and and you have to exchange the batteries uh, as they drain. The batteries drain out. Yeah.
0: Cool. Thank you. Well, so Alan, that's pretty nice because you could charge up two or three batteries if you're going to be using it all day long on vacation or yeah. something, and yeah. just pop in a new battery, right? That's right. Oh, that's great. That's great. Next question.
1: Yeah, this is Tom from Vermont. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. How's the chip in your eye attached to the camera, and does the chip have to be charged? No, the chip is not charged, no. Um, The chip is in my retina. It's uh, implanted into my retina. It's actually implanted into the macula area of the the retina, and there's, there's an antenna that's um, implanted into the uh, lateral rectus muscle of my eye, and that communicates with uh, an antenna that's on the glasses, and it's a Bluetooth connection. So the visual processing unit um, processes the image that's captured by the camera, and that's with
0: Yes, that's correct. In most people with RP, the
1: optic nerve is healthy. Doesn't help me. I have a bad optic nerve. The retina's is fine.
0: <laughs> well, you know, that's why one of the things that we were talking about is that it is possible that you could have the Orion chip. And the Orion chip, it just bypasses the optic nerve. You don't even need to have an eyeball or an optic nerve.
1: Okay, goes right to the occipital lobe, right? And yes,
0: yes. Okay. So that's what's really exciting about this. But Alan, uh, I have a question about that antenna that's inside your eye muscle. Do you feel that at all?
1: Uh, at first, it, it, it itched. Uh, so oh. It it, it but uh, now it doesn't doesn't bother me anymore at all. You think? know,
0: Alan, you're a great spokesman for second sight. I I, <laughs> I need to have them hire you to do some lectures. <laughs> you're really great.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. Let's
0: see, uh, Tom from Vermont. Did you have another question for Alan?
1: No, no, that's it. I, the only thing I would say attached to my brain, my my wife might question that. Janet might question that. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you.
0: Okay. Well, this has been really very, very helpful, really, really great information. So we, we thank you, Alan, for sharing your story and all of this helpful information. And uh, if anybody ever wants to get in touch with you, uh, they could contact CCLVI, and maybe get your email with a question that they may have. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. No, I'd, I'd be very happy to... to... About this, but because I don't have any sight, I was a I was a perfect candidate. Uh, people that have some sight, it, it, you know, that's more sight than I will have. I would have, you know, with this system. But because I didn't have any sight, I was a, I was a great candidate, and and because I had healthy optic uh, nerves as well. So,
0: well, I th- I think that uh, I'm going to talk to second sight. And I'm going to tell them that if they're having a seminar or conference and they like somebody who's willing to talk to people about it, I, I think that you're ideal. You speak very well, you're very easy to understand, and you're very honest. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Dr. Bill.
0: So that's going to be it for this evening. I want to thank everybody for being on the program. And uh, next month we're going to have all of our board going to be Leslie and Richard, all sorts of other people, talk to you about the uh, annual convention that's coming up that's going to be in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. So uh, be with us next month. And we'd like to thank Mr. Dick Burden for recording this. This podcast will be available on the CCLVI website as well as airsla.org.
1: So thank you very much and good night, everybody.